Okay, so what we're doing here, just to summarize it, put it in perspective, and describe it in terms of these stages. First of all, we're trying to be fully aware and in the present moment. And we're using, uh, since the attention uh, is, is, is always resting on something, and if we don't select something, it's going to tend to be drifting, we give it something to rest on that is in the present moment, which is the sensations of the breath. And uh, one thing that if you didn't already become aware of it, I would like to make you aware of, is the difference between meditating on the breath and meditating on the sensations produced by the breath. If you haven't thought about that, think about it now. When you're sitting there and your attention is focused on the breath moving in and out of your nostrils, uh, all that is really there in your conscious awareness are a set of sensations arising and passing away, right? Constantly changing. And it's only because your mind has made a lot of associations based on past experience that you identify the source of those sensations as the breath and as air and as nose and some sensations corresponding to air moving out and some to air moving in. So the, the reality, though, uh, of what's being directly experienced is sensations. And then secondarily, the mind attaching to those sensations uh, a kind of label, a kind of recognition that uh, this, is what, this is what this is. And the sensations are the part of that that is most truly in the present moment constantly changing and unfolding. So be, be aware of that. So what we're doing here then is we're, in order to aid us in, in our process of awareness and training the mind, is using the sensations of the breath as a preferential object of attention. And we're not trying to control or suppress anything else. So thoughts come, we let them come. Memories come, we let them come. Whatever it is. We let it be, but without losing awareness of the breath, awareness of those sensations. And then the experience that we, that you did have and that you will continue to have to a greater degree is that you're aware of the sensations of the breath and something else comes along. And for convenience, we'll refer to all something else's as distractions. So that we have one word, okay? So a distraction comes along. And that distraction may, the, the attention may go to that distraction so briefly that it, there's essentially no loss in the continuity of awareness of the breath. But in as much as you are aware of these other things that, come in, that are coming along, your attention is being diverted and all it takes is for your attention to be diverted long enough with something, and what will happen is you'll forget about the breath. Right? So 
we can call this phenomenon forgetting. Then, when, once you've forgotten, there's a tendency for your mind to move from one thing to another, sometimes by association, or sometimes it's just the next uh, distraction that comes along in the process. And so as a result of that, the mind will go from one thing to another thing to another and so on. And that's what we call mind wandering. So forgetting leads to mind wandering. And of course, mind wandering always ends in that special moment when something triggers you, it triggers a return to present moment awareness. Okay. In the second stage, there is a lot of mind wandering. And the periods of time that you are able not to lose the awareness of the breath, are they tend to be short compared to the periods of mind wandering. And certainly overall, in a typical meditation sit in stage two, you'll find that more of your time is spent in mind wandering than is spent in uh, actually being aware of, uh, of the sensations of the breath, actually being in the present, let's put it that way. Uh, how you know that you're in the present is that you're still aware of the sensations of the breath because they're always there, they're always part of the present. Right? Then the stage that follows this, these two, are proportionally reversed so that much more of your time is spent uh, being in the present, being aware of the sensations of the breath. The periods of mind wandering become much shorter and fewer, and they may become, uh, and they will become so short that really there is no mind wandering, there's only forgetting. So you momentarily forget the meditation object, and then you come back into the present, but your mind hasn't moved on to something else. If the period of forgetting involved the same distraction that, that originally took you away, rather than there being two or three or a dozen intervening thoughts. You get this distinction? <clears throat> and that's great progress. That is wonderful progress. You can look at that and say, I've succeeded in uh, changing the way my mind behaves. And one of the fruits of that is in those longer periods of not forgetting that you become aware of the inner landscape of your mind. You become aware of the way that it behaves, the dynamics of the different mental processes that are taking place. And, and this is a very wonderful thing. Now let's talk about how you get from stage one, stage two to stage three, okay? How do we get from long periods, long frequent periods of mind wandering to uh, long frequent periods of not mind, of, of not forgetting and being in the present moment, being with the breath, being aware of that inner mental landscape. Well, this is, this is the components of this process that we've talked about so far. Okay, you direct your attention to the breath initially. You sit down, 
you become comfortable, you allow an awareness of everything that's happening, and then uh, you collect your awareness and, and you make sure that you're aware of the breath. So you've directed it towards that. So that that's the center. Everything else is in the periphery. The center of your awareness is those sensations. And every time that's lost, you repeat that activity of directing the attention back to the breath. What's going to happen over time is that's going to start to become automatic. As soon as you realize that you're no longer aware of the breath, you know, it, it won't actually take any significant effort. It'll happen automatically. The mind just will come back to the breath. Now, as it becomes more automatic, you'll become aware of something very interesting. A lot of the things that will have taken you away will be very easy to come back from, very easy to let go. But there will be some that will not. You'll experience a resistance. Uh, the mind wants to hold on to this one. This is, I like this one. This is more fun. This is more interesting. Right? Yeah. And and so there, there's a certain learning involved, just becoming aware of that distinction. So you might, when that happens, when you have the, when you have that distinct experience, that you know, that sort of aha, my mind wants to cling to this one, then don't, don't try to yank it away. Take a moment to just see what's happening. Aha, well, what, what is the nature of this thought? That's not the same as diving back into the thought and getting lost in it again, because you've already come out of it. You're already in the present, and the thought's there. So you don't dive back into it, but you take a moment to just... Look it in the face and see what its nature is and to have some understanding of it. And of course, that means some understanding of yourself, why you're drawn to this and why you, why you hold to this. And so you, you just take a, a little bit to reflect on that. And then when you feel, you, you, you'll feel that, okay, now I'm ready to go back to the breath, the, the hold that the, the attraction that that particular thought has uh, will... Uh, loosen its grip, and then you return your attention to the breath. So in all of this, what you're doing is you're exercising the faculty of directed attention, and it will become more and more smooth and easy and automatic. And of course, you know, even when you haven't haven't forgotten, even when you haven't had mind wandering, it is directed attention I think it was Neil last night that was saying the sustained attention and directed attention aren't really that different. And that's true. <clears throat> the automatic process of directed attention, as you've trained your mind, as the attention starts to move away in another direction, will just automatically bring it back. And that's what you want. So that's one component that you train. And you train it through repetition. So don't be concerned with how many times you forget the meditation object and need to direct your attention back. Because every time you do it, you're exercising that particular ability and it's going to become stronger and more natural. Right, so 
what all you have to do in order for that to occur is this very, very simple thing is to have the intention to return to return to the breath, so long as that intention is needed. And to take the time when you feel like there's a resistance to that, take the time to just let, let your awareness rest on that and explore that. Simple task. Then having brought your, having originally placed your attention on the breath, or having brought your attention back to the breath, the next thing is sustaining the attention. So, uh, what's really helpful here is to engage with those sensations in some way. So, take an interest. Create little challenges for your mind. There is, of course, an in-breath and an out-breath. So, there is a beginning of an in-breath and an end of an in-breath, and a beginning of an out-breath and an end of an out-breath. And you can help to engage your mind by trying to become more aware of those distinctive parts of the breath cycle. And you'll notice that some are really easy to to grasp. Like the point where the in-breath begins is usually very distinctive. The, The sudden impact of the cool air on the nostrils and the beginning of the movement is very distinctive. Whereas where the in-breath ends is not so distinctive. And you'll need to pay closer attention. You'll need to engage more fully. And it can have something of the quality of a challenge or a game to identify exactly when the in-breath begins. So do you see what I mean? So take this approach to the beginnings and the endings. And in addition to and also as a part of that, there is a, a, a pause, a gap between the end of the in-breath and beginning of the out-breath and between the end of the out-breath and beginning of the next in-breath. Uh, you can become aware of that as well. Or it may be that you'll become aware of that and that will help you to become aware of exactly when the in-breath ends or the out-breath ends. Because if the, if the beginning of the in-breath is distinct, and if the pause that precedes it is distinct, then this will help your mind focus in on the beginning of the out-breath. So these are just examples of the kinds of processes that can go on in the observation of the breath to help you to engage your attention for longer and longer periods of time. The most important thing is holding the intention to stay with the breath. Engaging helps, especially if there's a lot of thoughts, if there's a strong tendency for the mind to be drawn away, then do this engaging. Uh, focus in, burrow right into it, examine, examine those sensations as, as closely as you need to or as closely as you want to, to really stay with it. But you'll also find that there's other times where the mind just rests easily and observes the sensations you know, unfolding before you. And you don't need to go chasing after You don't need to go zooming in. The mind rests there easily. And when that happens, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the, the peace. Enjoy the calm. Enjoy the stability of, of your mind. And, of course, at that time, you're 
you will be more aware of everything else that's going on in your mind as well. So when I talk about becoming aware of the inner landscape, the longer the periods of time that the mind that you don't have forgetting and mind wandering, the more opportunity that you have to come to know your own mind and your own self. But also, those periods when it's easy, when you're starting to enjoy that training effect, when the mechanism that determines how long your attention will be sustained is responding to your intention, and so your your attention is remaining there easily, <clears throat> this is also the time that you're taking in more of the totality of this present moment experience. So you're kind of going back and forth between these. Sometimes you're focusing in in order to to prolong and to train the mind to stay with the breath. And then other times it's happening easily because the mind has calmed down, because the training is taking effect, and, and then you, you begin to enjoy more of this full, uh, fully present awareness. See what I'm saying? Okay. So we've seen how the repeated exercise of directing the attention is going to make everything easier. And then the repeated exercise of holding the intention to stay with the breath and augmenting that as necessary with, with deeper investigation and more engagement is going to produce its effect. Now the third part of this is that inevitably you do have forgetting. And, and you may or may not have mind wandering. So there is that special moment of coming back into the present. And so you want to positively reinforce that. And you want to prolong that awareness. That moment of waking up is, uh, it is a higher state of consciousness. It is a state of, uh, uh, it's actually a state of introspective awareness. In that moment, you're Awareness has turned inwards, and you know what you're doing, what's happening, how it relates to what your intentions are. And so it's a wonderful thing. It happens by itself, but I want you to get in the habit of looking forward to it so that, you know, uh, you don't have to worry. You won't have more mind-wandering because you look forward to the, to the uh, recovery of your present moment awareness. But what will happen is that will happen more often and more easily. Okay? So this then is this then is the whole of the process. In order, if, if you continue to do these things, you'll eventually get to stage four, where you don't lose awareness of the breath ever. You stay in the present moment all the time. And... Uh, we'll talk about the nature of the fourth stage in a few minutes. But uh, you'll, you'll get to that place, and you don't. It's, it's not that you have to do anything that's difficult. It's not that you have to force your mind in any way. The only things that you have to do are just very, very simple. Direct your attention. Intend to sustain your attention. And feel good about coming back into present moment awareness every time you've lost it. Enjoy the feelings of calm, happiness, pleasure, anything that comes as a part 
of the meditation. Just enjoy it and savor it. That's all you have to do. And if you keep doing that repeatedly, and I can't tell you what the number of times you will have to experience mind wandering before your mind doesn't wander anymore. But just think of it this way. There is some unknown number. And not to be annoyed when it happens because now you're just one number closer to being done with that part of the process. See? So you have just these very simple things to do. And you can compare this with... uh, Training your body, it's very similar similar to training your body and your mind to work together with something like throwing darts. Does everybody know about the the game of darts? Have a target on the wall and you throw darts at it. And the idea is to make the dart stick in the center circle. Now, uh, if you've ever tried to do this, you can't make it happen in the right way. The way you come to be a good dart thrower is to just keep throwing darts over and over again. And and no part of it is difficult. No part of it takes any great effort. All you do is you take the dart and you focus on where you want it to go and then you throw the dart and then it lands and you feel good about it if it lands on the target uh, and you go and get the dart and throw it again. And you just keep throwing the darts over and over again, and after a while you get to where it lands in the center circle quite often, almost all the time. And this is the way meditation is. There's nothing hard about it, nothing forced about it. It is just the simple repetition of directed and sustained attention and waking up again, over and over again, until you start to stay awake and the directed and sustained attention start to take care of themselves. Be wary of any tendency to start thinking of, oh, this is hard, or, oh, I can't do this, or, oh, uh, there's something wrong with me, maybe I'd better take something else, up, like smoking dope to relax or something. <laughs> uh, Because those kinds of thoughts, they will come up, but try to let go of them, because they only get in your way. When you think, when you you get impatient because you're not making more progress, that will agitate your mind and that will stand in the way of the effect that that you're seeking. So if you can just stay in this, enjoy the meditation as much as you can, and it does have it does have its pleasures and satisfactions all the way along. So focus on those and don't judge and don't be impatient. Don't blame yourself. Don't think that this is something that you can't do because uh, anyone can do it. Uh, people who are diagnosed with severe attention deficit disorder, admittedly, it takes them longer, but it's actually a very effective way of helping them to learn to deal with their disorder. So there really isn't anybody that can't do this. And just keep it easy. Keep it enjoyable. Okay? Yeah. So um, what, what do you do, um, let's say, during a sit? And, you know, you're 
committed to practice this long each day, or maybe you're here in class and you know, mm-hmm. that darn bell hasn't gone off yet, and you, you start to feel anxious. Mm-hmm. Like maybe something has started to hurt, and you start to worry that you can't make up the time you are supposed to, so this anxiety arises. Yes. So could you comment on, on that? Yes, I will. And, and that's very, that's actually the very appropriate thing to talk about. Um, so that's, what we're going to talk about now is some techniques for dealing with some of the things that will come along that interfere with you just continuously repeating the same easy, gentle process. Uh, and the ones that, that you'll most commonly deal with will be discomfort due to sitting, and a feeling of restlessness, uh, anxiousness. Uh, not to, there will be others, but those are two that everybody's going to experience uh, pretty commonly uh, and, and good ones to talk about. <clears throat> now, we're not trying to shut anything out. All that we're trying to do is to exercise some intentional control over what the focus of our attention is. Now, something comes along that keeps drawing the attention from our chosen focus to something else. If if distractions come along that are sufficiently strong that they keep causing the attention to move, we can finesse the situation. Instead of fighting against it, we'll take the distraction as an object for a while. So we'll outfox the distraction (laughs) so that what happens is we haven't interrupted the basic process of training. We are still intentionally directing the attention towards whatever its focus is and sustaining it there. So if you're sitting here uh, and your ankle begins to ache, okay, and you can stay with the breath, but then the twinges in the ankle get stronger, and your mind keeps going away from them. And and a couple of times now, they've made you, uh, you you've forgotten about the breath, and you've been worrying about, well, should I move or what should I do or you know. Then you say, okay, well, if the attention is going to keep going there, I'm going to meditate on the. Uh, uh, on the pain in my ankle. And so you go ahead and meditate on the pain in your ankle. Or the sometimes you'll have that feeling of restlessness, boredom, like, okay, enough of this. Uh, when's the bell going to ring? Okay. And if that thought keeps coming up and it gets stronger and you start to feel uncomfortable, rather than sit there feeling uncomfortable, and resisting it, then direct your attention and say, okay, I'm going to investigate this feeling. Well, how does it feel in my body to have this restlessness and anxiety? And see if there's some bodily sensations associated with that. See if there isn't some tension developing around your forehead or in your eyes or something like that. And, And then move on from the bodily sensations to, well, what is this thing called restlessness anyway? Let me see if I can understand what it is. And so you just meditate on the restlessness for a while. 
and so forth with anything that comes up uh, sometimes what will happen is uh, it'll be some worry or concern that you have it just it just keeps coming back and it, you don't want to get caught in the processing of the worry but if it keeps coming back and drawing your attention away then you can take it as the object in the same way that you do the breath you're watching it objectively you're just looking at it to see uh, uh, oh, there it comes oh now it's getting stronger well, now when I when I direct my attention to it it goes away okay and then you'll see well no it's coming back again just watch what happens just uh, just let yourself uh, just keep in mind that if my mind is going to do this I'm not going to fight against it I'm, I'm going to go with it I'm going to finesse the situation and then when it goes away and when it stops being a problem then I can go back to being to using the breath as the center of my awareness now in these examples here we take the one of pain and I'll expand on this a little bit in terms of what will happen you've got a pain in your ankle that's become strong enough that now you've decided that well uh, since it keeps drawing my attention away, I'm going to meditate on the pain. Uh, the first time you try that, what, you're, what you'll notice your mind tends to do is what it always does. is It says, my ankle hurts. I am in pain. And that just makes it even more uncomfortable. But if you can truly make it an object, instead of making the self that's experiencing the aversion the object, because that's what's actually happened when you slip into that place of my ankle and my pain, you're not really taking the pain as the object of your attention. You're taking the I that doesn't like this uh, as the object of the attention. So observe it as as it is, as a sensation, where is it? How big is it? Is it getting stronger? Is it getting weaker? Is it changing? Is it expanding, contracting, moving? What's its quality? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Is it burning? Objectively, you create that separation between the observing consciousness and the object of consciousness without jamming them together into, into this I-ness. And you objectively observe the, the pain. Now, what's going to happen? Well, there's several different possibilities. Sometimes what happens is that as you focus on it, first it just becomes more of a sensation and it's not really painful anymore and then it may disappear entirely. So you would just resume your practice as before. Another time, uh, it might not it might not disappear like that, but as you investigate it, uh, you begin to distinguish, well, what is, the, what, is, what is the part of it that's just sensation and what of it is an unpleasantness that my mind is, that the reaction of my mind to the sensation. And in saying that, you might find that you can just let go of the resistance to it and then it doesn't bother you so much anymore. It's still there. And 
if it doesn't if if, if uh, it doesn't bother you that much, you might be able to just go back to doing your practices before. Or another case is that it just it keeps on bothering, and you feel this. You know, the feeling keeps getting stronger and stronger that I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to do something about this. I can't allow this to continue. So that's fine. What you do then, you realize now that there's something else here that you can take as an object. So instead of the pain, go ahead and look at this sense of urgency you have about doing something. And notice how your mind is making a plan that, okay, I'm going to move my foot. And say, okay, I'll look at the mind making the plan. And then then the attention will come that, okay, this is it, I'm going to do it now. And let it happen, but do it very mindfully. Just watch the whole thing. Okay, I'm lifting my knee. Okay, I'm sliding my foot out. Ah, it relieves the pressure. And notice the reaction. Oh, that feels good. Okay. Then you go back to meditating until that happens again. <laughs> but uh, any time you find yourself struggling or fighting, you know. Try to try to think how you might be approaching this, how you could approach this in a better way, and uh, and always take the opportunity to to finesse the situation so that the whatever your attention is going towards, you have intended that. If it's going to go there anyway, well then you intend it, and that puts you back <laughs> in the place of. of intentionally directing and sustaining your attention. Uh, the same thing is true of the feeling of uh, uh, the feelings of restlessness that you mentioned. Uh, in the examination of them, sometimes when you examine just just by taking them as the object and in an objective way, you know, not oh I'm restless, oh I can't stand this, oh I can't wait for the bell to ring, because there you, you've missed, you've misdirected the attention, and you've got into all this eye making. So be on guard against that, and try to stay objective. Okay, there is this feeling of restlessness there. I'm going to examine it, I'm making that my new object of attention. Uh, discover the feelings it makes in your body. Discover the other feelings that are arising because of it. And sometimes, just putting your attention on it makes it go away. Uh, it's, uh, in a sense, taking an interest in it relieves the boredom that's behind the restlessness. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes you'll just keep on, you know, you'll you'll record, you'll have that feeling that your mind is becoming increasingly agitated. So be aware of that. Ah, okay. So this, uh, and, and you'll recognize it. You may not have been consciously focused on it before in your life, but it's, ha- it, but it's happened many, many times, and you'll recognize it. Oh, this is the process that takes place. First it starts out with some restlessness, then some resistance, then the mind starts getting agitated and other things start coming up. And so you get to watch the whole process take place. And Yes? Oh, wor- workshops at 11. Oh. oh, that's the one that I talked to the other people at? Uh, right here. Oh. 
Okay, sorry, I, I didn't I didn't realize that. I did I didn't know we'd scheduled it yet. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a break in a few minutes, but let me just finish with this idea here. Um, think about this and, and, and try it out. It can be applied. We use pain and restlessness because they're just really common things that come up and, and uh, so you'll have a chance to work on them. But you'll be able to apply this to all kinds of other things. You'll have worries, uh, problems, uh, whatever else that comes up. And you approach it the same way, to the degree that you can just let it, let it come and let it be there in the background and it doesn't cause you to lose your focus, then you go ahead and let it be there along with everything else and just notice that it's there. But if it keeps taking your attention away, then go ahead and take it as the object. But the most important thing is to get skilled at keeping it as an object, having an objective perspective, rather than getting lost in it and identifying with it. So when one of your worries comes up, there is this tendency that you're going to, it's going to be, uh, the self is, immersed in its problem and immersed in its thought processes and there's no objectivity there. And, and, and then you're lost. You're, you're, you're just, uh, you know, you've, you've forgotten what you're doing again. So you want to maintain that objectivity so that you let the thought happen, but you see if you can let the thought happen without being, being caught in it. Okay? And when you get, to, uh, practice this just a bit and you'll start to get good at it and you'll find that Anything that comes up can be uh, basically be treated in this way. And it has a remarkable effect that in that state of objective awareness, at the least, it's easy to deal with. And often, it just goes away. Although I'll give you one tip. If you make it your desire that it goes away, it probably won't. <laughs> but if you just... Uh, if, if you just accept that it's going to do whatever it's going to do and you're going to get into this place of making it your meditation object and observing it, very often it will go away. <laughs>